Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Points of Brew podcast with me, Stephen Carter. This week I'm joined by Mr. Mark Costello, who is the man who isn't on the Hayes Craze train and also, after recent discussions, also pretends not to eat meat as well. How are you doing, Mark? You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, thanks. I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad. I've... Uh... Apart from just that's about as good as the Yorkshire can say, isn't it? Yeah, What's that, sorry? Right, not... Yeah. <laughs> as good as we can be, isn't it? Yeah, all right, not bad. Yeah, yeah, can't complain, can't complain. Yeah, yeah. yeah you never you never seem to say, yeah, I'm good, or you, you're better than that, do you, really? It's like, yeah, it's not bad, but yeah, don't get much Bloody better than fantastic. that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, considering that, like, darkness has descended outside and the heavens have just opened, I'm about as good as it can be. So we were just chatting, yeah. I think it's just started thundering lightning just as we've come to record as well. So that might be... Uh, that might be interesting, but uh, but we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, thanks th- thanks for joining. For for people who um, will have seen my Instagram post on my, my story, will have known we, we attempted this last week. So this is attempt number two, which fingers crossed, so far so good. We'll actually uh, we'll get a full full episode out of this one because we didn't actually get going <laughs> last week, did we? So uh, hopefully there'll be uh, there'll be no technical technical issues but uh but yeah we'll we'll see what happens but but thank you for thank you for joining it's uh, it's nice to have you on and kind of do something a bit different from the previous episodes in terms of having just be a drinkers and actually have a a beer brewer um on on the on the show so for anyone who who doesn't know mark obviously you own and, and run horseth brewery um yeah one former but still active active brewer um of horseworth so um it's nice to see or hear views from from the other side of the coin, really, in terms of the current situation due to the, to the COVID nineteen situation. So, how's how's things going at the moment with with that in mind? Are you still managing to to be as active as, as you can be at the moment? Or yeah, yeah. To, to be fair, I mean, <clears throat> obviously it's a, a pretty horrific situation, like generally. Um, so anything I do say is probably caveated by that. You know, it's it's clearly not a good situation, but in terms of the brewery itself, it, it's it's actually doing all right. It's um, it's complicated a little bit because I'm semi shielded. I think the I think the actual term is stringent social distancing, which makes it a bit complicated. Um, so I need to make sure that I stay away from from everybody. Basically, um, I do I do have two guys that that work at the brewery as well. Um, so they do two days each. I do a day, uh, two days at the brewery, and then I do the rest of the time at home. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it's it's an interesting time for sure. Yeah, um, we've kind of upped the brewing. We we, we slowed the brewing right down um, at the start of the crisis, just because uh, you know we thought we'd have to shut uh, for a bit, and then we're just ramping it up again now. So we're brewing three times a week. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know we're selling the products. It, we're, the one of the things about us is that we're so small, so it doesn't really take a lot of sales to sell out. Mm. Um, but we're, we're selling out quite a lot, which is positive, really. Um, even though you know it, it's very uncertain times, but I'd like to have a bit more beer out there if we could. But you know, we, we will do in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I, and I think, like you said there, that the beauty of for you in particular is that you've got quite a a strong presence in and around Horsworth that you've got quite a good market and crowd there and kind of your benefit is the size really of, of the brewery because like you say, the, you've, you've been selling out quite quick from obviously when we've been 
you know, chatting um, on WhatsApp and what have you, you know, from our discussions after brewing the wedding beer. So you don't, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty about how small businesses would survive, you know, during this yeah. time. But, you know, for, for you, considering that you're still able to get out and do the, the home, you know, the home deliveries as well, you know, and, and get yeah. out there and people come collect. And obviously, like you say, you are, you know, partially shielded, having to reduce your contact with people as well. But with that in mind, you know, it's, it's good to see that people are still, you know, chipping in and supporting local, which I think is the main focus from from this outbreak, isn't it, really? Yeah, honestly, that, that side's been amazing. I mean, when um, when it all started like, happening here, um, obviously the first thought is, oh, my God, I, the government has literally just closed all of my customers. Mm. Um, and I was just like, that's, that's, I've, I went full-time with this brewery um, during the lockdown. Like, um, <laughs> I was under my notice period of, I'll have to check the date, but I think it was like the 19th of March is when I actually went full-time self-employed, which is just either a spectacularly terrible time to, to go self-employed um, or a really useful time because yeah. I've at least been I've at least been able to manage you know, the brewery a lot more um, than if I had the other job still. Um, mm. But yeah, when, when the short, you know, lockdown happened, they shut the pubs, it's just you know, it was near panic, really. Probably it was panic, to be fair. Um, but then, in reality, a brewery our size, I lose money on um, brewing beer for cask. So, whilst I, I liked getting the cask beers out there, I knew it was, I was losing money on it, and I always thought I can make money out of bottles. Um, mm. And whilst, you know, whilst hopefully you know, my brewery isn't necessarily, it's not cash cow, it's not something that's going to make me a load of money. Um, yeah. But you need to make money. You know, at the end of the day, you need to pay your bills and that. So, given we already do do bottles, um, as soon as we realised we could open, it's like, right, fine, we'll just do, we'll just brew for bottles, and that's quite easy. We know how to do that. We've got all the equipment set up, um, and it wasn't a big stretch for us. It, it's quite easy, and we're used to putting that effort in. It's really labour intensive doing bottles, and it's it's a pain, but um, we're used to it. So. It, the word that a lot well I was using at the time a lot of people use since like the pivot I don't even know if we pivoted to be honest it's mm. we've, ju- we've just stopped doing cask um, yeah. and just done bottles and that, uh, we, we do do bagging boxes as well um, uh, I try and limit those a little bit they are, they're a good little product to be fair I was thinking of doing those anyway and it, this just expedited that it was um, already in the, in the press so it wasn't that big a stretch to start doing the bagging boxes so yeah, it, yeah, all in all, it's interesting time to to go self-employed with it. I think um, business-wise, the support we've been getting is great. Like you say, I'm, se- I'm semi-shielded, so I did the first round of deliveries and the second, I think, and then I was told I was I was shielded, and then I was told I wasn't, and then I was told I was semi-shielded. So, uh, <laughs> like I was kind of back and forth all the time. Um, yeah. And to be fair, that's one that was one of the most stressful things because. I don't want to not follow the, the guidelines. Um, mm. You know, you, I don't want to be that guy that, that falls ill because he hasn't followed the guidelines. Uh, yeah. I want to make sure that I stick to them. So that's what I am doing that now, which is good. Um, and it was really good going out and seeing, you know, all the people that come to the tap room on the deliveries and seeing some new people who would be meaning to come to the tap room and, and what have you. Um, the, yeah. The support has been, has been great. If I'm honest, it's, it's, it's probably going to see us through. You know, if, if we were told that we'd have to shut now for the next couple of months, we'd probably, we'd be all right. Um, yeah. 
and we we'd hit the ground running when we have to reopen. I think there's a big um, announcement coming from Boris, I believe, probably like whilst we're speaking um, about lockdown extended. But we'll see about that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I I think the beauty of it as well is that obviously the government have said that alcohol sales and production are obviously deemed as not a necessity, but sort of like as an essential. Yeah. item you know for travel and for for still production so i think yeah. you and a lot of breweries you know had a heavy sigh of relief there you know in terms of Massive. yes we still can cancel brooks like you say with the pubs going you know for the brewers that are geared up just purely towards cask and keg you oh. know that's you know that's killed their oh like i said it's literally no exaggeration overnight the government shut all of their customers which is just horrendous. Like obviously, for very, very good reasons. Yeah. But can, yeah. can you can you imagine having a business and like literally your customers have, have been told that it's illegal for them to open? Yeah, exactly. Well, it was devastating. Yeah, but mm. I didn't have the the direct um, to retail sales. Um, I just didn't have that. I had the tap room and the market, and that was it um, in mm. terms of direct to retail. So I had to learn how to set up a web shop. I got a bit of help from. Um, Another local business, uh, Sweet Baby Cheese's Cakes, to um, to get the Shopify shop going, and, mm. and I think it, it's a benefit of being so small. You know, there, there was there's me and there's two other guys, and it doesn't take a lot to change what we're doing. Whilst if you're yeah. a brewery and you know you you've got this big kit um, that you're not used to putting into bottles, it, it, I don't know how you know I don't know what how you do it really because it. it it, without spending a huge amount of money, you're not just going to get some kit in the next week, so you can switch to to filling bottles. Um, yeah. It doesn't exist. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. and that's the thing as well. You know, a lot even the breweries that are, are geared up towards canning. You know, a lot of them don't even have their own canning line. So, no. there's the there's the mobile can machines. But again, I've I've seen that some breweries have been impacted by then because obviously even they're having to be mindful of where they're going, how they're doing it, how yeah. they're operating and how frequently. So even those brewers that are saying, oh, well, can, you know, maybe once a week or something, they've even had to say, well, it's going to have to be once, you know, fortnightly or something yeah. to, to just to fit it in. So it's, again, I mean, like you said, because... That's yeah. a no, Well, I was just going to say, there's, there's a brewery that I know that obviously I, I won't name people, but um, I know that they, they sent a lot of their beer over to somewhere to get canned. Um mm. So, you know, you brew your beer, you package it up into like a big vessel and you send it somewhere and they'll can it for you, send it back, job done. And like, that's a normal course of business for so many breweries. Um, and these guys had sent it off and they'd spent a load of money doing that. And then the lockdown happened and they were just like, I'm allowed to swear in this, but... Within <laughs> 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 reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine the words that are coming out. You're just like, yeah. all of our stock is somewhere else. Just and we've got somewhere. yeah, and we've spent all our money doing that, mm. and we're shut. And it's just like, oh my god! And you, I could see, and it was all like I nearly cried. If I'm honest, I could just mm. see the terror in his face when yeah. he was telling me that. I just thought, oh my god, what an awful position to be in. And then they, they mm. actually managed to get the cans, and then they've sold them, and it's like it's actually been okay, which is great. But at the time, you just. I just can't yeah. imagine what that would feel like. The, the feeling in your stomach would just be horrendous. Yeah, uh, especially when you've put all that time and effort into 
to exactly. you know, brewing it and producing it you know it's it's yeah like you, there's a lot of and, and all that kind of thought process about right how do we want to it's not even how do you can it it's like how do you want to bring it to market do we want to do bottles do we want to can do we want to just do cask and keg you know it's, these decisions you don't just make overnight like you think about it and you price them up and you get competing quotes and you know it's a big deal to do all this and um mm. yeah and then, like and then you've got to brew it you've got to decide which beers you're going to brew um and you do all that jazz and then you you send you fill it your vessel and you send it off and you just think i have no idea when i'm going to see that mm. and that if, and like, if you see it at all again yeah, yeah. You see, oh yeah <laughs> because it's one of those things that it's like you know if the lockdown was so severe that they, they didn't allow alcohol producers to to operate that that beer is then stuck over there in the canning um people's um warehouse or whatever and just imagine if they went bust or something and you couldn't get that bit, you know, the, the doors were locked and you couldn't get that bit like for months and months and months, by which time it's obviously, you know, it's going to be no good and you waste, and you just like, you just think mm. you spent all that money producing that beer, sending it off and it's just because somebody else has gone bust, then you yeah. can't get it. Like, oh, honestly, that um, I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. Um, yeah. There's, um, I wish I could remember the quote, but there's, uh, there's a quote that I think it was from Barack Obama or his chief of staff, chief of staff or something. Um, and the quote that's remembered is um, something about uh, never, oh, I don't know, you're going to have to cut this bit. I've freaking forgotten it. Um, <laughs> it's not about never, don't waste an opportunity that comes from a crisis or something mm. like that. But it's it's not actually that quote. It's, it's actually because there's a lot to learn from what you're doing. And that moment yeah. is, is what I learned so much about mm. how to deal yeah, with your, yeah. um, it, it, that was a moment for me, a massive learning. I'll never forget that ever. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing. I think there is a lot of opportunity for businesses, no matter how big or small they actually are to, to learn from, from this whole situation, you know, not even from a point of, you know, staffing numbers, volumes, quantities, but how businesses operate and, you know, in terms yeah. of, you know protecting staff and things that they've been brought to light that have never been brought to light before you know and and how things can work like you say because all these opportunities that people have had to turn to now like you say from doing like home deliveries and you know bagging box beers and you know that sort of thing you know it's these sort of things that like you said that might have been on the sort of the fringes of your mind and sort of ideas that have never come to light before but learning how to to still operate at a, a either a a reduced staff number, but still at the full capacity or whatever it may be, you know, you kind of learn a lot about yourself and the business, I imagine, at this sort of time. So, and, oh, absolutely. And your customers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll admit that there's, there's a side of me, like with my background, I mean, I, I actually um, really started my career properly, you know, in the financial crisis. Um, mm. I, I started working in the financial services sector in like 2006. So, you know, I knew a little bit and I was just kind of learning. I got a new job um, around when Northern Rock went went bust. Uh, they had yeah. their run. And uh, I learned so much then. Right? And I remember saying at the time, I, I, I sat with one of the most experienced people in the organization and I just said, I want to learn from you because this is the moment where I learned so much about how financial services organizations are going to work. Like this is, mm. this is the proper time to learn from you. 
Um, and it was, it was great. Like in terms of like a learning experience, it was absolutely great. It was um, such good experience to have. And then I left that job last month <laughs> to do this and I've had the same. I, yeah, and it, the same it is, situation it, again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, this is the biggest economic um, downturn since then, if not even before that. Um, and you think I've changed jobs both times. It's like, I, I, I can't stop. So, well, I have stopped laughing about it now, which is so ridiculous that I've, I've um, gone full time on this, and I'm laughing kind of ironically. I think I just yeah. yeah. I don't, if you don't I, laugh, you'll cry. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like I just cannot believe I've got a secure job um, to do this. Um, but I, like, like I say, I think it's this is when you learn what you're made of. Um, mm, definitely, you learn. You know how how do you take this? Do you just go, oh my god, ah, oh, I can't cope, or do you do you find a solution? And I think one of the great things that I've actually got is because um, I've got I've got Ricky and Jacob at the brewery, but everybody's so new. Like Ricky's consulting, so he's not eligible for like furlough schemes or anything. Mm. So he's got a basically he's got to work to to, to get paid because yeah, I can't I can't afford to pay him if he's not working and brewing and we're selling beer. Yeah. Um, so that, that's driven me to say, right, we are finding a solution. Um, yeah. Because I because I was planning to leave my old job around this time anyway. I had two months worth of like savings, so I don't I didn't have to take any money out of the brewery. And then this happened, so it's like, well, I'm sorted. I don't need to worry about me. Like if yeah. the brewery shuts, I'm okay. But if the brewery shuts, I can't pay Ricky. And you think, oh my god, I've got to yeah. pay Ricky. So how do we find a solution to get this working? Um, yeah. And I'm actually really grateful for that because it made me find a solution. I think I would have found a solution anyway, but knowing that I had to look after his income stream um, has really, really, really pushed me to make sure this works. Um, yeah. And I, I feel really chuffed about that. I, really, I feel really chuffed that those guys haven't suffered from this. Um, I feel really proud that we've managed to do that. And, it's a definitely a team effort that, you know, they're putting a shift in. Um, I say they're, they're working the two days a week, but I know what they're doing and they are putting a shift in. Um, so they're, they're earning it. And that's for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we all are. And yeah, I'm proud oh, yeah. that we're shipping in and we're doing it. Yeah. Well, this is it. And it's, you know, it's that, it's that philosophy of, you know, kind of what I always say is that we've kind of not experienced this sort of thing on a national level. And, you know, and since, back to sort of the second world war have we really you know and, and even yeah. then it kind of trumps that because you know even then people could go out and still do the bits and bobs you know they had rationing and what have you but you know people locked down it kind of it either one or two ways brings out the best in people or worse of people you know people either roll over and just complain about it or like you say they'll you know have a whinge about it but then right well it's happened yeah you can either make most of it and get on with it or sit and whinge about it and like you say yeah. if you make the most out of it as best you can then you know no it's not great but we haven't got a choice, have we? At the end of the day, exactly. you know, there's no yeah. point sitting and you know stewing on it because you're not going to get anywhere, are you? So, no. But I think it's probably worth saying that I can I completely understand people that um, mm. do that that struggle in this time. Oh I think, yeah, 100%. Uh, it, This is this is one moment where, in a weird way, I've been quite lucky because I've had a lot of um, like major injuries and uh, illness and stuff like that, which is partly why I'm. Well, that is why I'm semi-shielded. Um, and I'm used to being at home for months on end, not seeing mm. people. 
So yeah. I've, I've, had, I've had years of experience with it. Uh, <laughs> you were doing it before it was cool, yeah, before it was trendy. Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> it, it's not that big a stretch for me. It's like, um, you know, um, Amy, my partner, um, she she moved in at the start of March, which again is amazing timing. Um, yeah. So like, we're kind of, there's us two and we've got Ernie the dog and it's like, I'm used to this because I've had to do this so many times over the last 10 years that like, it's not that big a stretch. So I'm in a weird way. I'm fortunate that I've got that experience. So because I, I, I be, what people are going through now, I went through. Um, yeah. And it, and it is, it's really hard. Um, and, it, you know, there's definitely plenty of sympathy from me for the people that are struggling with it. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I'm quite fortunate in that way that I've got experience with it and I know how to deal with it. Um, and I'm fortunate that I can go to the brewery the way we set up the working part and I can go to the brewery to work uh, two days a week so that gets me out of the house for a sustained period of time um, mm. and you know I can do some different work like the other the other days of the week I stay at home obviously and I go a bit crazy on a on a day where I'm staying at home you know I like getting out there and doing stuff and I've been physically yeah. working um, as well so it's yeah but by the end of the day, I also like kicking back and having a beer, which is yeah. pretty fortunate. <laughs> well, yeah. But that's the thing, isn't it? You know, and I'm, I'm very much the same in terms of I'm very much, um, I don't like sitting about doing nothing. I like to keep my mind occupied. You know, I like yeah. to get out and do things. And obviously with this, you know, we can go out for a walk a day, but that's it, you know. And even when the weather's yeah. like it is at the moment, if you can't go do that, then you're stuck. Do you know what I mean? And, and I, like yeah. you say, I 100% get that people need to, go outside and socialize and you know go even just going to like if they used to go into the gym or going swimming or go to a like a running club or something you know from the physical and mental health aspect of it you know because i completely understand that you know it's it is challenging it is very very challenging and, and like you say to you know you you're kind of fortunate stroke unfortunately way that you've had experience doing that but it's you know when when people have dropped stuff off here or like when even when i came to pick up that beer from your place you know you just left it outside and I couldn't even have a chat with you or anything. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. when I've done it, you know, for our Andy as well, you know, I've dropped beer off at his doorstep and had to just go and people have dropped stuff on the drive and, you know, you've had a conversation from, you know, maybe five metres or so away, you know, just to make sure you're not, you know, not breaking the rules, but not, not just actually yeah. being in physical contact with people's, it's weird, it's, you know. It's, yeah. it's, it's, isn't it? Like, it's, like when, when I've had people that come to my house and you're just like, I'm not inviting them in. I feel really rude. Mm. Yeah, you exactly. At the door. You're, like, you're blocking them from coming in the house, essentially, with your body yeah. language. Yeah. And you're like, mm. afterwards, you think, oh my God, I'm so rude. I said, no, that's literally what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It, it's, yeah, it, I don't know. It, mm. It's definitely for the good of the nation and all that. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's uh, it is tough. Yeah. But it, I think the, the point there to take from that is in terms of translating it to, to your world really is obviously when this all eases up you know the back end of it i mean i saw i think it's today or yesterday that they said that spoons are going to open in june or something which i think that's very very optimistic but even you know looking even further afield to that if we say you know december january time if pubs and tap rooms and things can open from there you know the limit of what the government's saying is you know pubs are going to limit people to three pints or something how that translates to tap open days and tap rooms and you know that sort of bottle shops that have drinking facility. It's going yeah. to be a lot of questions. It's so isn't weird. It? Isn't it? A lot of unanswered questions. There is definitely, and um, the, I think there's a. 
I would guess. I don't. I haven't really spoken to that, um, many publicans about it, but I spoke to a couple, and there's a bit of a fear that they're going to be told that they can open, but under restricted openings. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that's an interesting one because at the moment, like they can furlough the staff. Um, you know, people who like, who were in a proper property got the um, the grant, whether it was ten grand or twenty five. So there's a bit of cash there. Staff have been furloughed. And it's like, we can get by and they can do takeaways. If they, all the government support stops, but you're only allowed to open and it, basically your income reduces by 50%, for example, then you're not a viable business, most likely. You know, there's very little businesses that will be able to survive on very reduced um, opening times and allowances for people and the number of people that can come in. I think that's going to be tough for people. So, mm. uh, you know, let's be honest, I don't think the government are naive to that fact. Um, yeah. I think they will offer some sort of support, but I don't think it's going to be as generous as the initial support. I think um, realistically, you know, we can all bash government, whoever, you know, whatever colour they are, the, the support that they that they gave out at the start of this in terms of being able to furlough staff and the self-employed help and the, mm. the grants um, has, has saved a lot of businesses, like a huge yeah. number of businesses, a lot of businesses that I know. Um, but I don't think they're going to be as generous as that going forward. I think, you know, they will probably let some businesses fail, um, mm. which, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm not a, a macro economist or anything like that. So I don't genuinely know whether that's a good or a bad thing for the economy, but it will be sad. Um, definitely to see yeah. a lot of businesses go yeah that's the thing in it and and like you said there's you know surrounding what they've what they have said and what they haven't said you know in terms of by definition the government really doesn't have to support anybody really do you know what i mean no. in terms of it's you know because you know it's likely that they they were going to support but you know the 80 percent furlough scheme like you say i thought was more than generous in terms of you know of up to two and a half thousand pounds for for people's income support you know that that covers such a a majority of you know people in the UK. Yeah. You know that was I thought that was plenty generous from what they were doing. And like you say, it it took time for them to figure it out because at the end of the day, there's not you know there's not a magic. It's unprecedented, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. there isn't a magic money. Ma there isn't a magic money tree. We will have to pay for this. Everybody will yeah. be paying for this going forward. Um, yeah. And that's you know that's just the way it is, but. I th it's definitely a price worth paying. I mean, oh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk about the lockdown finishing or how we're going to end it. And I think people are looking at it completely the wrong way. We shouldn't mm. be looking at how the lockdown is going to end. We should be looking at how we're going to deal with the lockdown. Um, yeah. And people haven't really spent enough time, I don't think, trying to figure out how we deal with the lockdown and how businesses can change to adapt mm. to it. You know, people like, you know, people like me, I've, I've had to do that. So, and, yeah. I, I, and being so small, I've been able to. Um, and there's some businesses that can't adapt to it, obviously, because you know airlines and things like that. They're they're not going anytime soon. Um, they're not going out flying, so they can't adapt to it. But some businesses will have to, and I think the the economy will have to adapt to it. Um, but there seems to be a lot of reluctance to do that at the moment. Yeah. But like you say, it's it's a lot of ifs, buts, and maybes, and certainly. Yeah. It's, it's no exaggeration. It's guesswork, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because well, it is. Yeah, you know, there's not a there's not a there's not a right or wrong answer. You know, in terms of oh well, he said that and she said that and did it and 
you know, yeah. even comparison how one country's dealt with it to another, it's like, you know, you can you can slate our country in comparison to other countries, but again, it affects every country and every economy and every, you know, population differently. So yeah. It's you know, it's it's interesting, but you know, the only benefit we've Yeah, is. the only benefit we've got is um in terms of the curve, we're a bit behind, you know, we're we're a few weeks mm. behind Spain, who are a few weeks behind Italy and so on. Um so we can at least learn from their mistakes or successes, which yeah. um Hopefully we will, but mm. you know that remains to be seen. Well, again, uh, the original point was the consequences of not doing all this is a lot more people die, and that's oh yeah, that's like, yeah, exactly that, that's not really worth considering in my book. Um, no, I, no, I'd, no. Rather, I'd rather pay an economic price for that down the down the road than um, have you know millions of people from this country, well, from the world, die. I think. Yeah, but that's it, you know, and and you know the the more people that obviously the the closer home it gets, isn't it? Doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, exactly, we, yeah, I think from you know the the small sort of populace that I interact with, certainly the the you know the the damage limitation's been quite good in terms of nobody's caught it or any symptoms of it, that sort of thing. But you know, if you if you just think we carried on as we were, then you know you, you'd easily be. Oh like yeah. You said, several thousands millions of people that end up contracting it and inevitably sadly losing lives from it which is is what we we don't want so you know it's the the beauty of it is that well not the beauty but the the kind of positive of us doing what we're doing is that we're trying to prevent that from happening as much as we can so but what the what the back end will look like in terms of the outcome and how we recover from that is is yet to be seen so we will we will see. see we will see but we'll um We'll we'll wrap that uh, that political yeah. seg that inadvertent <laughs> political segment up, and then we'll uh, we'll move on to um, a couple of beers that we're drinking this evening. But then we'll move into um, sort of focus more in terms of your your brewery, your setup, Mark, and and sort of the a little bit of the history and maybe the the uncertain at the moment future in terms of where you you wanting to go with the brewery. So we'll 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 wind this segment up, and we'll we'll come back after a short break. Cool. Right, so welcome back. Welcome to part two, uh, refreshed, topped up with beer. So, in a sort of uh, tribute to, to the to the brewery itself, Mark, we're obviously drinking Horsworth beers. So, what uh, what have you what have you gone for the your top up? Yeah, it'd be rude not to really, wouldn't it? Um, I've gone for a single hopped mosaic, five point one percent pale, um, for mine basically because when lockdown happened, I, I had a lot of kegs. And that I can't really do anything with. So I bought my keg, I bought a keg home and uh, my little Linda machine. So I've got cold draft keg beer at home. Um, and I wanted to be, try this mosaic. It was uh, the first time Ricky, my brewer, has um, been able to kind of put his own stamp on a beer that we do. I basically just said to him, like, you just do that recipe. And mm. He's, he's pulled out a blinded to be fair it's absolutely banging yeah um, and what more could you want than a full keg of cold beer at home ready to ready to go i know right it's mm, uh yeah there's first world there's problems there a, i know yeah <laughs> a few perks to do in this brewery lark and uh, <laughs> this is certainly one of them yeah. i've got the great news is i've got another one at the brewery there you go lined up already yep yeah. So I mean that 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 kind of fits nicely really into to what I'm drinking which I've 
posted and you talked about quite a lot on on my Instagram channel is obviously the beer which you you kindly invited us to to come over and have a a sort of quote unquote brew day for um for what would have been our our now postponed wedding beer um, <laughs> yeah. but we um but we obviously we used mosaic in uh, in in that brew which I think you were we quite did. keen to use it because obviously you know that the, the particular batch of mosaic that you got was was incredible you know and when we you know when we when we got that bag out of out of the freezer and smelt it you know there was there was no real way that we we couldn't use it really yeah. you know, in terms of what it what it what it was going to give to the beer and obviously i think what the the thing we've kind of settled on and kind of agreed on is that the you know the the beer the longer it's kind of gone on in the bottles for it's kind of got better as it's kind of gone on hasn't it you know so it's now i, th- yeah. I think now it's in its in its best and in, in its prime now you know in terms of in its box. I mean, it was was it back in the start of about February that we actually brewed it? Is that right? I'm trying to think. I, it was either before, I can't know if it was before or after I went on holiday. I went on. I was one of the lucky people that are going to get to go on a foreign <laughs> 2020 holiday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I went like in start of Feb, and so and we did it either side of the holiday. So yeah, early this year. Regardless. Yeah, it was a good day been... to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it's it's very good. It was very, very kind of you to to invite us in to do it, and certainly, you know, look forward to inevitably doing it again whenever we yeah. whenever we can. You know, post we'll post do, lockdown, we'll do it, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do another. I mean, the um, I was meant to be drinking that beer tonight, but I forgot to bring it home from the brewery, um, <laughs> which is a bit stupid of me, really. Um, but I do actually have a keg of it left um, that I will be bringing home as well, and I'll be having mm. that. Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a keg over in the Meanwood Brewery taproom um, right. that they got that this week um, so that's going to go over there well it is over there so they're going to be filling that in crawlers mm. um, for their delivery service van leads and the Hop Shack they've got a keg as well for their growler fills that they're doing mm. so it's not wasted no, um, that's the main thing it, isn't it yeah if it's going you know if it's going out there and I can drink a keg of it, then that for me, that's, yeah, it's it's a massive shame it's not getting used for the purpose that it was meant to be, but mm. it will do. We'll just yeah. do it again. Yeah, exactly. It'll, it'll happen eventually, but I'll be very interested to see how it comes out on keg. And obviously when we, yeah, when to, we be fair, I to see what it, how it turns out, you know, in terms of comparing it to the bottle. So I'll be very interested yeah. to see what, what that's like. It, it's, it's actually one thing that's going to drive me mad. I love going and trying the keg of a new beer. Mm. Like in a bar, like I always try and do it. I can't always do it, but mm. the first time a new beer is on sale somewhere, I go and buy a pint of it, and yeah. I, I can't do it with this. I mean, I, I could put it on my tap, but like then it, there's no point at the moment. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah. quite interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Right. So I did try a bottle of it um, on Tuesday because I, I wanted to try a bottle of it. And I was at the brewery, working at the brewery. Mm. Um, and I thought I'm going to forget to take this like into the car, take it <laughs> home. I'll try it now, and I did forget to take it. Yeah. Home. Well, it was good. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but I mean, I think we, um, I think we spoke at the time just after it, had, uh, you know, you were getting to the point of where it needed to go into the bottles. But I think you'd sampled a bit there, and you, you kind of said, you know, how pleased you were that, it, or how happy you were that it turned out at the time. So you know, it's, it was, yeah. you know, from the the signs, the initial signs were good anyway. So you know, and certainly from the the end result from from my perspective i couldn't have you know asked for for more really in terms of what it you know 
hitting the brief in terms of what we wanted to do. Yeah. You know, pretty much nailed it, didn't we, really? So Yeah, exactly. And but I liked the um I like the way we did it as well. You know, mm. you mentioned before about getting the, the hops out of the freezer. I just got the hops out, smelt them, mm. and I went, which one and I, yeah, I just said to you, which ones do you want in? We can have whatever you want. Like the malt mm. base I sorted out, so we got like the malt base fine and sorted. And it's just like, right, what hops do you want in it? Mm. And I quite like I, I like brewing like that sometimes. It's just like, right, th- there's no real plan to this. Mm. It needs to be, uh, it needs to be hoppy. Fill your boots, go for it. Um, yeah. I think, it, like you say, it worked out great. So yeah, yeah, it's it's doing things like that. You you learn along the way as well. You go, well, do you know what? We added all this X hop, whatever it is, and we couldn't really taste it. So there's no real point putting it in. Mm. But we really got this out of it. So if we ramp that up a little bit more, then we can really get that. And then that's how you learn. Um, yeah. That's how I learn anyway. That's how I like to learn. I, oh, I yeah. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the sort of the, the transferable sort of skills and sort of learning set in terms of what I am, you know, in terms of if I'm learning something new in terms of a new job or something, I I learn by doing, you know, that's yeah, that's the way same. I pick things up. And, and, you know, certainly from brewing, you know, in terms of, I know there's a lot of breweries out there that, you know, they'll brew a new beer, but then they'll brew it again and again. And each time they'll tweak something differently. You know, you change a little bit here and there until they get to the point where they don't want to change it anymore because it's how they, they want it, you know. And I think that's the great thing about, you know, craft beer in a way that you don't have to necessarily keep it, you know, 100% the same every time. And, you know, you can put your own stamp on it until you're, until you're happy with it and keep tweaking it each time. So, you know, and certainly oh. that way, you know, I'd, I'd, if I were to, to brew my own beer, either homebrew or, you know, have a brewery, I'd very much be a case of we need to brew something, but, you know, just kind of go with the flow in, in many ways in terms of, well, what should we use? And then just go from there with it. Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair, I'm quite open about it. Um, Horse of Pale changes constantly because I don't have any hop contracts. You know, I'm far too small to kind of get into that game. So I can't, mm. I can't guarantee what hops I'm getting. So the hops that go into Horse of Pale will always have to change. I used to really kind of panic about that. Um, mm. And I used to hate the fact that I was doing it. And I was just like, why, why am I panicking about something that I can't control? So yeah. I basically, I, I get what hops I can and I put them in. And, mm. you know, you, you can try and balance it and use similar kind of hops. And use a big, I, there's a lot of big, punchy American hops in Horse of Pale. But, you know, the whole purpose of Horse of Pale is it's a nice, easy drinker. You know, it's not... Yeah full on in your face bitter kind of oh you know it's a nice easy drinking beer that's got a good amount of flavor to it and if that mm. flavor is slightly different each time it's like personally i'm not too bothered about that because i can't do anything about it but yeah. then it, it makes me think every time as well because there's a point yeah, where yeah. i could you know there's a point where i have a big stock of hops and it's just like churning it out and it's like i'm not a churning brewery i'm i, I am a very small craft brewery so I'm not I'm not about the churn. I'm about thinking about it and putting effort into mm. it more. You know, it's, that's what I enjoy. So I ended up actually enjoying that aspect. And people said, "Well, you need to keep the same recipe because it's the same beer, or you call it something else." And it's like, well, "No, I don't actually. I can I can actually do do what I want." <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's you know, I think that's kind of the the beauty of like you say, you know, you've been so involved in terms of you know owning it and then brewing it. Obviously, like you say, you've got you've got. Ricky that's brewing for you now but even still you know when you want to brew it and do what you want you kind of got that that creative freedom really but that kind of links into 
nicely what my my introduction was to kind of give that a bit of perspective in terms of the 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 dubbed Hayes craze. Obviously, you know, <laughs> you you admittedly are not kind of part of that Hayes craze, and obviously, no. as such, don't brew beers that tap into that Hayes craze. But Correct. you know, like you say, I think more if you were brewing those beers, that type of beer, you know, it would be massively important if you did you know, not have the same hops every time, you know, in terms of keeping that identity for that beer as, as such, like you say, in terms of worrying about what people thought about it each time. But I think from your side of things, you know, in terms of, you know, brewing beers that aren't necessarily hazy, juice bombs, you know, all that, the carry on, you know, you can get a lot of flavour from hops brewing no, to yeah. more, the tradi- not you know, so again, quote unquote, traditional side of things, you know, but still getting bottled beers that have a lot of flavour and still pack, a, you know, a heavy punch than having to, to go down that route. Yeah, I think it's, um, the Hayes Chris is a funny one. And it, it is funny because it makes me feel quite old. <laughs> I, remember, yeah, I, I remember when the West Coast IPA was out there and people were like, oh my God, there's so much flavour in that. And uh, it's you know the the Hayes craze has, has taken it to another level, which which is great. Like you 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 need innovation um, in every industry, and mm. I'm not against like the hazy beers and that, but I just don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't drink more than one on a on a session. And the, again, it's it's one of the things about being so small. I brew what I like to drink, um, yeah. Yeah. and I quite like drinking the beer. Like when people, when I do go to the pub and I order my own beer, you know, most places, you know, they they, they make you pay for it, which is fine. I don't. A lot of the bar staff don't know who I am and everything. And it's great mm. that they don't. Um, um, I quite like not being that well known, to be fair. Yeah. But um, you know, you people say, "Well, why are you buying your own beer? I can't believe you do that." I said, "Well." Why would I not buy my own beer? If I'm not buying my own beer, it would mean that there's something there's wrong. Some, yeah, <laughs> like every now and again, you know, if, if you go to a bar that's got a really good selection, you go, I want to try a different beer. That's you know, everybody should be trying different different stuff to push the boundaries and what have you. But often, I'd like to think that my beer holds up pretty well, and it's a nice beer, so I'll drink mm. it. Why not? Um, yeah. So you're not. You know, you're gonna you're not gonna put a product out there that a you're not happy to drink or buy yourself because that just yeah. defeats the object of the game, doesn't it? It kind of does, yeah. I mean, the one exception to it that um, I, I will have to make, and because especially because Ricky, you know, with his creative involvement, he's really wanting to do it. Um, I'm not a massive stout fan. I just mm. I'm not. I can drink one every six months or so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'll enjoy it. And I'll go, do you know what? I probably should drink stouts more. And I never do. And mm. um, this has happened for years. And it's been my uh, New Year's resolution for three years in a row to like stouts properly. <laughs> um, and I've, I've not done it yet. Um, but I, I just, I can't get into them. So I can't really, I don't feel justified in brewing them because when it was just me in the brewery, it's like, do I want to brew something that I don't really know whether it fits the purpose that mm. well you know i could brew a stout and i've done two stouts and they were okay you know they were all right i could drink them and the feedback was good but i didn't really know whether where it landed you know yeah. 
if I'm doing a pale, like, I know where horse of pale lands. I know exactly where it lands. Mm. Um, and it lands where I want it to land. And my, my wheat beer that I do, I know where that lands. A stout, I was just like, I don't know how good this is. Yeah. Um, and I could probably, I'd be like that with a New England IPA, to be fair, all the hazy stuff. Mm. I don't really see the scale of them. I think they're either good or they're terrible. Yeah. And um, in either way, it's cost you six quid a can at least. Mm. And yeah, yeah. And I don't really like that. I don't like the premium that's attached to them. I think it's, um, it's putting a price on, I don't know if it's exclusivity or rarity or fashion or what, but it's, it's putting a premium on the cost of the product that I don't think is justified. Mm. I don't really, I don't like that. I don't want to run my business like that. Um, yeah. but I went. So, you know, also brewery beers are, are relatively well priced. You know, they're not cheap, yeah. not expensive. They're, I think they're, again, the land probably where they're Yeah. Sometimes they're a bit cheap. Sometimes they're a bit expensive. Depends on where you are and who's buying it and everything like that. But I know the cost of it. So I, like, I know how much it should be. Um, and it, I, I think it lands about right i know i know the cost of new england ipas and that and often they don't land where they should do but you know they're, mm. they're far too overpriced and i just think it's a bit i don't know mm. i suppose I in a way it kind of it, it kind of already sets the, the price of entry beyond what a lot of people would be willing to pay for a new brewery as well doesn't it really you know because Absolutely. you know for you know fair enough you might end up saying you know you're your cloud waters, your verdant, your day is that sort of thing. You know, the proven breweries charging that for a beer that's more expensive. But, you know, like you, for example, or somebody who's, you know, just a fledgling brewery saying, right, I want to brew a, a sort of a juicy New England IPA that's, you know, sort of your, your 7 to 8% sort of double IPA territory. You know, when they're those big players are paying or charging, you like you say, you know, the six, seven pound a can. You know, if it's costing that to them to produce it, it kind of prices them out of the market anyway. But then it's kind of, is it going to get missed? You know, because people look at that and say, well, it's priced because it's worth it. But then some new breweries might price it at, say, £4 a can for something like that. And then it's like, well, I'm not buying it because it's clearly not as good. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, kind yeah. of, it kind of counteracts the whole kind of nature and philosophy of, of kind of the craft beer scene in some ways, doesn't it, I suppose? so. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I think it, it definitely limits the accessibility. Um, mm. of the beer and that's one thing that I quite like about what I do is I, I want to make it accessible I'm you know I'm not cheap I'm not like a pound a litre that you can get you know well I don't think you can get that in a supermarket probably show me age again there but you know I'm not <laughs> supermarket prices yeah. Um, yeah but if somebody wanted to try three different beers from me it ain't gonna cost them 20 quid yeah, um, yeah. and I quite I like that and I, I want us to stay there Prices, I was kind of thinking today, I haven't upped my prices ever. Like they're, they're the same as they were three years ago. Mm. I probably should readjust because I'm pretty sure that the cost of my ingredients has gone up and I, I pay rent now and I wasn't paying rent when I, when I started. And yeah. I now employ people and I wasn't employing people and I now need to take some money out of it to pay for life. And I wasn't doing that before. So I probably need to reassess that. But I think I, I quite like the fact that that hasn't really been a concern of mine. It's... Mm. Um, you know, as long as as long as people can, you know, as long as Ricky and Jacob can get by and I can get by, then you know, I'm I'm quite happy with that. I don't I don't have a desire to go around driving a Ferrari. Mm. Uh, but then again, a, if you wanted to do that, you'd have you'd have been more likely to stay in the job you were doing and not set up a brewery. Well, you know, so. well yeah, this is true. Yeah, 
Um, or, you know, I could have taken on an investor at some point, you know, mm. thankfully, they've gone a bit quiet, but I used to get messages several times a week for, for quite a long time um, asking to invest in the brewery. And I don't know why they were doing that. They're doing it because it was a cheap time to buy into the brewery. But yeah, yeah. At, at certain points, people could have given me a lot of money and we could have we could have made a big brewery and we could have made some money and sold out to somebody, um, you know, a few years down the line. And great, we could have done that. But that's not what I wanted to do. Um, mm. That's not what the brewery's about. The brewery's about having fun and helping support the local economy and the community and and getting people to enjoy some beer, some good beer. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, everyone's in it for, for different reasons. But, yeah. I mean, that kind of, you know, that, that fits in quite nicely for one of the sort of the, you know, the, the run-of-the-mill questions that I had for you, really, in terms of for, for you and, and the breweries. When, when did you kind of first think that you were going to open a brewery or you wanted to brew beer and make a living for it? What was kind of that, that light bulb moment that, that made you want to do that then? So there was, um, there was, I'm trying to think it was, it's probably about seven years ago. I was in one of the pubs in Halsworth. Um, it was called the town street tavern. I think it's now just called the tavern. Um, and I was with a mate there and we were like, does Halsworth have a, have a brewery? Like, mm. We didn't even know. We didn't even know where they also had a brewery. And then, like, a few weeks later, it's like, do you know what? I looked and I couldn't find a brewery in Orsworth. And we're like, we could probably get away with a brewery in Orsworth, actually. Like, it's a decent area for it. You know, it's a decent demographic for a brewery, local business and that. And it sounds like a good idea, that. So I went away and I started doing a bit of homebrew. Because um, yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to do my own business for a long time, but I don't really have... You know, some people just do businesses, and I don't like you don't know what they do. They just do a business, and they'll change yeah. from business to business. Um, I'm not that kind of person. You know, a very stable salaried job, and very conservative. I think in my you know risk taking, but yeah. I wanted to do something. I didn't know what it was, so I tried cooking and baking like for years because I love it, and nothing really worked. Where I was like, I could sell that. Yeah, and I did a, did a bit of homebrew. And I was like, do you know what? I'd buy that. And if I'd buy it, other people would buy it. I could, mm. So that means I could sell it. If I could sell it, I might be able to make a living out of it. So six years ago, I, um, I registered like all the, the company and the domains and the trademark and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's, that's basically how it started. I, I worked on it from there. So I then had a, um, I'm trying to think of the stages of it, but I moved house. I bought a house with a garage with the, well, not with a space to build a garage because it was a, an old asbestos garage. So I had to knock that down, built a new garage uh, with the intention of it being the brewery, which it was. Mm. Um, but then I had like a major hip operation. So I stuck at home for like four months, which is where the experience of lockdown comes from. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was literally at home as well. It was like about a month, I think, until I could walk 100 feet. So, wow. you know, like I've uh, got quite used to it. And then, yeah, so it was basically about three years ago from now, by the time we got there, that um, the brewery started, I started brewing. I had done a, a commercial brew for Horse of Beer Festival the year before that um, in the kitchen. So I registered the kitchen as a brewery, did a double batch to fill a, a nine-gallon cask. And went it went to Horse of Brewery and it came second in beer at the festival and that's that was really the kind of moment of like this could work. Mm. I brewed a beer that like it sold out in six hours, so seventy two pints in six hours and it came second in beer at the festival. Um, 
doing something this, right. Yeah, someone's, someone's right here with a bit of thought and a bit of effort. I could do this. And that was literally like two weeks after um, I'd had my hip operation. And I had to go to the festival to see it. But then that, the uh, Yorkshire Evening Post took a picture of me. Um, and I was off sick from work, obviously. having to style that out yeah yeah it was like Uh, so like I was there looking all like smiley and happy and then like as soon as the camera went away I was like give me my crutches yeah yeah (laughs) I need Um, to go home yeah yeah basically yeah I was like I'm really tired yeah Uh, it was the first time I left the house for two weeks and I got driven up there and stuff but anyway yeah so yeah three years ago I launched it at the Hop Shack in August 2017, um, and stayed in the in the garage for a while, and then um, moved it up to the unit about 16 months ago. And mm. uh, it, to be fair, it's gone pretty well. I think, um, yeah, it's been good. It's been good fun. Yeah, and I mean, certainly to to grow something from just a, a small acorn, shall we say, in terms of just brewing from your kitchen and in your garage to then being a, a full time business. You know, I think that's you know, it's not easy, you know, it's, I think it's the, you know, oh, the, the way a lot of breweries do come to fruition, but by the same token, it's not, you know, it's, it's not easy to do that. And like you say, for, for somebody to, to make a, a success at a home brewing into a, a full scale brewery, you know, cause it, the, the proof's in the pudding, you know, really, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day, in terms of the end product. Yeah. And if you haven't got the product, you haven't got a brewery, you know, so it's oh, kind God, of, yeah. to, to nail it, you know, quite early on and then, get it make it successful from there is quite quite good really so but yeah it's you know to to see where to see where you're going in in the future and and obviously from from something on 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 that front really before the or as the lockdown is going on obviously you've got the the new kit that you'd you'd ordered that's arrived <laughs> which obviously you can't you can't yet implement and use but obviously you know that's that's yeah. part of the the future of the brewery isn't it really so i mean in terms of yeah. what you're currently producing now on a scale to in terms of what the potential could be in the future where does that kind of put you for kind of the the future ones once once lockdown lock the lockdown is eased yeah so the um the new kit is is five times bigger than the kit i've got at the moment um there's there's pretty much i don't i can't imagine there's that many commercial breweries that are this size that i am you know it's a one one brewer's barrel so my vessels are 200 liters so five brewers barrel is still really, really, really small in terms mm. of uh, a brewery, but it's five times the amount for me. And given, like I said, I've, I employ people, and like I will be able to make enough money out of the brewery. Like in normal world, we'll see how it goes with lockdown. Um, so to kind of give employment to three people for one brewers barrel brewery is pretty crazy. Yeah. So I'm hoping with five times, you know, we'll be able to maybe have a bit more of a stable employment situation mm. uh, so ricky at the moment you know he's, he's working for a couple of other breweries as well I, like we we both i think want him to come on full-time i certainly do i want him full-time at, at horse brewery and like he's amazing with like his thought person you can see him ticking over um mm. so to get him like full-time would be amazing and um you know jacob's like he's at college as well so you know we'll see what happens with that with our lockdown and what have you but you know, there's going to be employment opportunities there. So that's that. I see a lot of growth from the brewery there. Like I said, we're used to putting that graft in. We're, we're three people on a one barrel kit, which is insane. Five barrel kit, I think we can really make some moves. Mm. Um, the whole plan was obviously the five barrel kit will 
I said before, I lose money on cask at the moment, five ball kit. I wouldn't lose money because I've got the yeah. scale. Um, obviously, that five ball kit is just sat there now. It's sat in storage somewhere and I can't use it. It was a really proud moment seeing I had to see that kit before yeah. it got moved on. Um, and seeing it, it was like, it's taken me six years to get this, but it's here. And it's like, I want to build it now. And I couldn't, <laughs> I can't, I can't build it. Because um, if I build it now, I can't bottle the, the beer. I, the, the system that I've got, it doesn't work on this scale. Yeah. Um, it, like the beer would just get oxidized, basically. And I'm not going to let us inferior products out there. I could probably get away with it. Like, you know, I could sell some beer and I could get get away with it. That ain't going to happen. It has to be as good as it can be. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm currently investigating options to get that kit up and running. Um, I've, I'm not going to say what they are because they're not concrete enough yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty confident if lockdown was for another 12 months, um, that kit will be in use during that period. Um, and that's great because... Like I said, I want to, I want to, I want to increase Ricky's Ricky's days. I want to get him working more because I don't know what he's like with the other breweries um, on his time. And you know, let's. I want also breweries have a bit more of an impact. If I'm honest, I think now's now's the time for us to kind of hit there. Yeah, no, definitely. And like you say, if the demand's there in terms of you selling out on on what you've currently got, and you you're all you're already used to putting that work in and that effort to to make it is you know to make it what it is now, then you know it's not that much of a big jump to kind of the next step is it really you know in terms of you know the the implementation of it to make sure it's not wasted like like you said there if you did it now obviously that's the the tricky part but obviously you used to doing the the fundamentals of you know making the beer and you know doing all that sort and then packaging it and bottling it you know it's that's already there you know you don't have to worry about that do you so no i think the issue of the the one the one thing that's niggling me at the back of my mind that I don't like is that at the moment I produce a stupid amount of beers, like different beers um, on a regular basis. So like when people say, what's your core range? Like I've got like 20 beers that are in the core range. <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything I do because like by the time I've come down to brewing it again, it's already been out of stock for six months. Mm. Um, so it's kind of, I like doing that, but I'm not going to be able to do that as often when I get the bigger kit. And that upsets mm. me. I don't like that actually. That really upsets me. I, like, because I love all the beers that we do. Yeah. Um, I love doing them and things like um, a Dunkelweizen. Like, there's not many breweries in this country that do a Dunkelweizen. Who does a Dunkelweizen? It's a stupid, stupid uh, product to try and sell in this country. But I do a very good example of it, and I'm really proud of it. So yeah. I want to do it, and I'm going to keep doing it. Like, and we'll, we'll basically we'll figure out how to do it. Because um, mm. I don't know if I can sell five times the amount of that Dunkelweizen. That that's a lot of beer. Mm. Um, for the style that most people don't even know about, never mind drink. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we can. Right. I'm I'm going to keep the one bowel kit I've got, and I'll use that as well. Right. So we'll end up doing loads of brews, if I'm mm. honest. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing for me is though. I mean, I, I mean, if you look at most sort of big craft craft brewers out there, I mean, they have like maybe like one or two core beers. You know, there's not like a. Yeah a wide range but then certainly the one thing that the one criticism that i'd kind of like draw to verdant is that they're my sort of top brewery but they always yeah. say that bloom's one of their core range but you can't consistently get bloom because they're not always brewing it and it's like well <laughs> it can't be a core range yeah if you can't get it in sort of regularity and and from your point of view i mean the thing that 
I certainly would find quite sort of unique and probably draw me to it more is that if you brewed certain beers at certain times of the year or seasons that you know that this beer is coming out at this time and then the next one's coming out at this time because then that draws people in to, to kind of get it more if you know what I mean I mean there's kind of obviously the the drawback of if it's not always there people can't always buy it but obviously if it's only out at a certain time of year then it might might end up bringing more people to it because of the limited quantity do you know what I mean so it's kind of a well, I imagine it's a bit of a double-edged sword really I um I used to take that approach actually, and then over winter I used to get harassed for my uh, raspberry saison rubis. Right. Um. And I I, I, just, I got sick of being harassed for it. I was like, do you know what? I'm <laughs> going to brew over winter, and then we'll see. I'll have loads of stock, and I'll say this is why I don't brew a raspberry saison over winter. Mm. And it sold out. Like he just kept selling. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well I'll brew it again, and I just basically I've brewed that constantly for about two years mm. and um I, I i cannot sell out so i cannot um brew enough of it mm. so like i wanted to do it as a seasonal thing i was like right when um when winter comes i'm going to do black ipas so whilst i don't really like stouts i love black ipas mm. i've got two i've got a normal black ipa and i've got a black rye ipa so i'm going to brew them over winter and i'm going to brew my, my raspberry season over summer and just make do and people just buy both of them all year round and and if I don't keep them out there, people moan at me. Like people genuinely send me messages saying, <laughs> "When are you doing this? When are you doing this? When are you doing this?" Like, oh my gosh, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. Sometimes I just want to do something new and try it. Um, <laughs> but like Rubis, Rubis just sends. I don't know. It, to be fair, it's a great beer. I love mm. it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, like I launched with that beer. It was seven point five percent then. Mm. Um, that's when I really loved it. But I had to turn it down a little bit to 6.2 just because bars weren't really willing to put it on keg at seven and a half. Um, and those that were had some interesting stocks. <laughs> I mean, looking at Rubis, it's it's something that I've that I've had and I think I've had quite a lot of your range of beers and I can certainly understand why people go, go mad for it because it kind of, it's one of them odd sort of styles really that it's, you know, the uh, a raspberry says and it's kind of, not a sour, but is kind of sour. And then it's, you know, yeah. it's a nice summer drink. You know, it's that sort of like nice fruitiness that if you, if, you know, from a, on a day that where, you know, the lockdown wasn't on, you know, the tap room when you can stand outside and have, have a pint of that, you know, it's it's, it's perfect for, for summer drinking, isn't it really? So, oh, yeah, it's, it's a, it is a cracker. It's actually my mm. second bestseller, which right. Um, right. for 6.2 Raspberry Saison, I, it's mental that that is mm. number two. Yeah. Um, I, I love it absolutely love mm. it yeah and like you said that just taps back into what you were saying that you you brew what you like and and yeah. luckily you brew in a what you like but b what what sells as well so you yeah. kind of look at it fortunate in that way so but tapping into kind of what you were saying about black ipas is you've kind of touched on two things that i was going to mention to you without me actually mentioning them is obviously your stouts or kind of your lack thereof and then yeah b your black IPAs because I'm I'm exactly the same as you in terms of I don't like stouts much to Andy's disgust. No matter how <laughs> many no matter how many stouts he gives me, I don't like them and I won't drink them. But a black yeah. IPA, IPA I really enjoy. And obviously you you mentioned earlier your Abrisha, which is fantastic, kind of bridges the gap really and that's probably the, the closest I'll go towards stouts, you know, <laughs> in terms of you know that you like them. But it's kind of a 
a divisive beer in terms of from a, a brewer's perspective because you don't tend to see a lot of them around. So, I mean, in terms of from your experience, in terms of A, to make them and B, you know, the reception of them, is that kind of the, are they the kind of the two reasons as to why they're fairly limited in terms of people that tend to brew them or? I don't know. I mean, there was, you know, before the, the haze craze, there was a black IPA craze. Mm. Um, and I definitely, like, that's when I discovered them. And it was when, you know, craft beer was really taking off in this country. And I thought, I'll try that. And I just thought, I love it. I absolutely love it. And people just seem to go for it and then just switch off and move to the new thing. And I mm. never switched off and moved to the new thing. And I think it is just it was just a craze. And there's a few of us that still kind of keep a black IP out there. And people do enjoy it, but I don't think it's a go-to beer. Um, mm. you know, I've seen it when it when when Obisha is out there on a you know, in kegs or in bottles, it does go slower. Um yeah. which I, th- I think is a shame. I think it's a great beer and it's really easy to drink. I think mm. the style is really easy to drink if it's done well. Um, it just drinks as easily as a pale or an IPA, just with a little bit more flavour from, from the dark malt. Yeah. So yeah, I think it. I think it's just because it's a bit slower, and I think bars are reluctant to take it on because it's slower, and therefore breweries are less likely to to brew it. Um, again, it's one of the benefits of being so small for me is that you know I only brew five kegs at a time, so if I did it all for keg, like it'll go instantly because I'll just put it to five different bars whilst if you're doing you know if you're doing 50 kegs of it it's a lot more effort to shift 50 kegs of a black ipa so yeah. it's all down to the consumer that, that is ultimately where it is it's the consumer um, mm. which is a shame the, the one good revelation i've had i tweaked the black rye ipa um that i do night rider which black rye ipa happens to be just like my favorite style i absolutely adore it and i have done for years and I tweak the recipe and I put it in cask, which I don't normally do. I put it in cask and I tried it in the pub that it was on cask on. And it was just, it was amazing. Like, absolutely blown away by it. Mm. So when, when the world returns a bit more normal and I can get that on cask in pubs, I'm hoping that's going to kind of take off the, the style at least because it really is an amazing beer. And I talked before about like getting the hot flavour out of stuff. It does have hot flavour in that beer, but it's got so much flavour coming from the malt as well that it's just ah, honestly, it, it's it's a dream. Is that beer on yeah. cask especially? Yeah, and that's kind of the thing that I I like about it, and the, the thing that puts me off the the stouts and things is that for the most part, a how heavy they are, and then yeah, b the flavours that usually are in there in terms of I don't like a lot of smokiness, I don't like coffee. And I don't yeah. like things like peanut butter. So it's kind of like the big three <laughs> things there. Yeah. But you'd usually say that's what makes a stout. I don't like. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, to, to get something that balances that, you know, that, that smokiness and a bit of that dryness, but then also gets that sort of that hoppiness and that flavour through as well. You know, it, yeah. you know it, it can't be easy. But when you, like you say, when you get it right, and certainly a cask beer as well, you know, in terms of when it's kept right and served right oh. and, and looks after well, you know, to, to see that. At the at the finished article, in terms of getting that in a glass, it must be it must be very satisfying to to drink at the end of it. So, well, I actually remember how I tasted that pint on on um, cask as well. There's a there's a friend that 
we were somewhere else and a friend joined us and I was drinking the bottles of that that night um, of Night Rider and he said that's great after here we need to go to the bridge pub in Halsworth and get that Night Rider because um, he, he'd been the week before and he tried it and he said it was absolutely exceptional I was like yeah, yeah cool yeah awesome and then he's like no honestly you need to go we're, I, <laughs> when this place shuts we're going there to get mm. a pint of it and we did. And I just remember thinking, oh, my word. Oh. I was like, and it was just this light bulb moment. I was like, right, I've, I've nailed that recipe. Um, so whilst I like to give Ricky like a load of freedom on what he can do, there's no way on earth he's touching that recipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yours. Yours and yours yeah. alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, he cannot modify that one job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But when you're on to, when you're onto a winner, then there's there's no reason to to change the winning formula. If it's not, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, isn't it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's when you see the the uh, untapped ratings come through at like two and a half, you're like, oh, oh, but I really like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose that's always the, the 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 downside, isn't it? You know, seeing what people think. But again, it's kind of yeah, it's not always for everybody. Um, you know, but it must be and a bit upsetting that when you see it. Not for everybody. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's a black rye IPA. Like, it, it certainly isn't for everybody, but mm. I suppose if yeah. it was horse of, horse of pale and it was getting knocked like that, you'd be a bit more, yeah, maybe a bit more concerned about it. But yeah, like you say, when you're making a, a beer that's a bit a niche of a niche sort of thing, it's yeah, it's understandable why some people might not uh, be as receptive to it. Cool. So we'll we'll leave that bit there. We'll come back for another a couple of sort of a couple of points and a couple of questions, but then. Once that's done, I think we're we're pretty much there. So we'll we'll have a, a quick break and we'll we'll come back. Cool. All right. See you in a bit. Right. So welcome back. So we've just got a couple of touch on a couple of other points and then we'll we'll wrap it up because I think we've we've pretty much covered most of the things that we uh, uh well certainly that i had uh, i'd mentioned anyway you know because you, you kind of beat me to the punch with a couple of the <laughs> in my long rambling speeches yeah well it's it's good because <laughs> i don't have to prompt you you, you take all the work <laughs> you can just sit here and you can do all the hard work you know it's, it's easy for me sitting here when you're answering the questions so um, i think it's a combination of uh like lockdown so you you're, you're speaking to a very limited number of people and uh, mm. drinking mosaic at the same time yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, what what more could you want, though? We just sat talking exactly. about beer, drinking beer. It's kind of, yeah. it's the dream. It's the dream. So, yeah, so I suppose that's kind of the one of the things that's going to come out of it, though, in, in terms of people meeting up over, like, Zoom and house party and Skype and things and, and WhatsApp calls is that I think a lot of people actually legitimately still do that once the lockdown's eased up, you know, in terms of we can have a drink, but I don't have yeah. to leave the house. I mean, that for me sounds great because I don't have to move. <laughs> I don't have to go out of the house. <laughs> I can. I actually hope so. To be fair, like even if it's not a replacement of going out, if it's in addition to, and mm. you know, tonight we're doing a pub quiz, and um, we're we're, we're going to do a, a Microsoft Teams, I think it is, um, call for it, and like there's your brother, and there's like one of our mates, and then there's one of my mates from from university, and we're all going to be on the same thing, and it's like. Mm. I think we're going to be like in our teams of houses, but like we're going to work, you know, it's, it's going to be quite nice actually having a couple of drinks with your mates that aren't in the same circle, but you kind of work together. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It, 
and like Andy's in a, in a poker group with me. Neither of us have played the poker yet, but we mean to. We mean to play poker. <laughs> you mean well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, bizarrely, I'm, I'm finding myself very busy right now. Yeah. Um, which is weird, but yeah, like hopefully this kind of stuff will keep happening. Mm. It's nice that you can. I mean, I suppose that's kind of the the beauty of social media. I know people say that social media isn't very social, but kind of it's coming to its own now really that you can still meet people even though you're not actually meeting people you know you talk to people that you might not have otherwise come across because I mean certainly from from my point of view in terms of the people I've met at festivals or when I went to Arundel at the start of the year I think I'd met one person before that was down there and beyond that I'd never met anybody in in real life I'd spoken to online but without kind of the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook that sort of thing you know you never come into contact with these people so I think it's kind of it's got you know the the opportunity to kind of put the the negativity surrounding it to one side and kind of the the true meaning and purpose behind social media can kind of shine through you know it's like you say that people otherwise wouldn't meet or you know swim in the same circles and what have you and can end up you know forging good relationships even if it's just a weekly catch-up by a a pub quiz or like you say a poker group or a, a, a you know friday night skype call to, to share some drinks it's it's quite it's quite good yeah. really that we can still come together despite not being able to to meet up in person yeah it's good i presume you've had the uh that thing in a in a pub or somewhere where you've seen someone on social media that you recognize mm. and they recognize you mm. but you've never spoken you've never like you you follow each other and then like you just go is are you are you are you points at are you points of brew? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you are you horse of brewery? Like Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that. You, you don't know the actual names so you call them by the Twitter handle or the, the Instagram <laughs> yeah. handle. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, well, and that's what I spent most of that that festival down in Arundel doing. You know, I mean, I've yeah, I've, I've I've kind of I've got my my jumper with my my blog name on it, so people kind of know who I am. Because otherwise, you know, the people who just post pictures of cans and beers and never your face, you've no idea who they are. Yeah. You know, and, and thankfully no. some other people are the same in, in that sort of scene, you know, in terms of having their own sort of, you know, blog logo or name on a shirt or a jumper. But like you say... You do, I you should use... do that more often. Branding. Brand, branding is key. Often. No, that's what you need to do. You need to need to get the, the merchandise out there, so... I've got a few hoodies Yeah, that are very subtle. Yeah. 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 Well, you don't need anything outlandish, but yeah, just get some... I'd certainly yeah. wear a... A horse with hoodie. I'm, I'm, I'm a slave to any sort of hoodie, really. So you know, it's I'd, I'd wear it to death. You know, in any weather, I'll have, yeah. I'll have a good hoodie on. So, um, I'm, I'm too fair. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. Not a very hoodie. I do wear a lot of hoodies. Yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> the ultimate combo: shorts and a hoodie. You've got the, you've got the circulation for the cold with the shorts. When you've got the warmth of the hoodie, it's like the perfect combo. So, and a flat cap. The flat cap doesn't suit me, and having longer hair definitely doesn't work, really. Yeah, so. of course, yeah. Mm, so. Of course, yeah. I, quite, I can't have a flat cap. Mm. I mean, yeah. When you go to a farmer's <laughs> market, when you sell at a farmer's market, it's kind of the given, isn't it, really? I suppose. Yeah, so. sure yeah. <laughs> so you just need a whip it next. I mean, you've got Ernie, but I'm surprised you have to have a whip it as like well. So. It's certainly not a whip it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but it's it's yeah, a brewing it dog. You've got a brewing dog. That's the, that's the aim of the game, isn't it? So. Um, it is. It's a dream. Yeah, so I mean, in terms of kind of the one thing that the only other thing that I really thought of to, to kind of ask you really for for the brewery in terms of your brewing style and what you what you like to brew and what you don't like to brew is there is there any sort of style that you you haven't yet brewed that you do want to brew or obviously apart from buying the stout is there anything that you're kind of not so keen on brewing beyond that or to be fair. 
as much as I can slate the whole style and the marketing around it, mm. I wouldn't mind brewing a New England IPA. <laughs> Just um, to give it a go. Yeah. And like, there's a big reason why I've not tried it yet. And it's, um, it's mainly on the equipment I've got. I can't, mm. I can't really brew a New England IPA because it would get oxidized in the bottling process. Mm. Um, so it just wouldn't work. Yeah. You know, if I, I've, I've had a couple of beers that have been like super, super, super hoppy, probably more hoppy than I imagined it would be. And they oxidize so quickly. Like you've got like a two week window of drinking them. Mm. Um, and the way that I'm set up as a brewery, that isn't, that doesn't work. You know, people don't buy my beer knowing that they've got to drink it within two weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have that hype machine behind me that, that drives that. So I actually probably would brew a New England IPA. That would, that would be the, uh, the one that I would brew. Mm. So when I get the kick to do it, I'll do it. Yeah. However, it would, it would not form the cornerstone of the business. It would just be yeah. a, a trial. Yeah, yeah it'd be, here's a New England IPA. If it works, I'll do it again. But it it wouldn't be part of the core range and what mm. have you. And the the other style that is more more of what I would want to drink um, would be like a a Belgian kind of Abbey ale kind of beer. Mm. Uh, it's been on the radar for a while, and I've I've got everything set up for it. I just haven't had the chance to actually spend the time doing it mm. and like really researching what I should do and. Um, and you know, getting a getting a, a label made up for it. That, that's one of the con- uh, constraining factors in what I do is obviously because I do a lot of balls. I've got to get the artwork, and then I've got to buy the labels. And, yeah, like I'm, a friend does me a massive favour um, when he designs on the labels. So I don't want to call on him too much. Like you know, I call him basically when I need to call on him, rather than saying oh, I fancy doing this. Like yeah. what you know, what, what can you can do? You do? <laughs> Yeah, right. I I do that every now and again, and I don't really hit back. And it's like that's because I'm being a bit of a knob. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of asking for random stuff. Yeah. The amount of stuff I ask him is uh, is ridiculous. Like he, he should be getting paid, but like I, I've no, he's got a job, and I have no real way of paying him. Uh, I, I pay him. In, I pay him in kind. You know, pay him in beer. Buy, yeah, yeah. He never has to buy a beer from me. Like, yeah. Um. So yeah, it'd be a Belgian triple. Probably, mm. um, I don't want to do a quad. I'll, I'll double. It might. It, it's a double or a triple. It wouldn't mm. be a quad because I, I don't want to go too strong. Yeah. So those are the two that I would definitely do. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of, because I mean, you'll you'll certainly know a bit more about that than than what I do. Then, in terms of a a Belgian as opposed to a standard, just say a standard, you know, a more sort of beer that we expect over here, a pale or you know, West Coast or something. In terms of what what's different in terms, of, like you say, you've got everything geared up. You know what's what drives that sort of style, you know, in terms of the ingredients, as you know, in terms of that builds that beer in comparison to what, what people usually drink? You've obviously, the first thing is obviously the high strength. Right? Mm. That, that's, you know, it's, it's got to be a good punchy beer. Yeah. And you're probably going to be using some sort of like candied sugar, um, something quite sweet mm. and caramelly to get it, to get it there. Um, and then, this is, I have actually got a book called Brew Like a Monk or How to Brew Like a Monk. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> I, I can nearly see it actually on my shelf over there. Yeah. Um, I've never read it. I should have done because I, I just kind of think <laughs> there's got to be, 
like there could be technique in what they do. Yeah. And I wonder. Yeah. Um, also, you've got to use the right yeast as well because to deal with like an alcohol strength that high, has to be a quite robust yeast, and you're going to get some flavours out of it as well. That's what I mean. Like I haven't, I've got it kind of there, but not quite. But I've never done it, and I've yeah. never, I've never like made that effort to to read about it to go mm. right. This is what I need to do. Yeah, and it ain't, it ain't gonna, like it's not going to be insurmountable. I can do it. I'm sure I can. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I need to justify that time and the effort to do it. Yeah, uh, that, that's why I've not done it yet. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. A bit, and I suppose the, the sort of the risk is obviously if it turns out when it's not right, then obviously it's you know it's well. But then it's part of the learning process, isn't it? I suppose so. It is, but it's also it's one of the benefits and one of the the downsides of being my kind of size. I can I can brew something like that, get away with it. If it fails, so what? Don't matter. I've lost four hundred bottles. Mm. Um, but on the flip side, I need like those four hundred bottles to sell to keep the brewery running because the margins are so small. Mm. Um, on what special my size you know they're incredibly small I can't really afford slip ups mm. um, so you know you, breweries make mistakes all the time and batches go to waste I haven't made a, 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 a bad batch for I can't remember how long a long long time uh, probably it'd be just over a year I think because I can't afford to make those slip ups mm. um, so I make sure that I don't so you brew stuff that you know um, whilst if you try new stuff every now and again you can kind of find that wiggle room to do it but not really like, every every brew counts at my kind of size yeah um, but that again that's a benefit if I get that five barrel kit going that can be my bread and butter the one barrel kit that I'm currently using that can be where I can actually experiment because I've got a bit of free time and a bit of spare usage yeah um, that's maybe when we get the triple going yeah got best of both worlds in haven't you so i know certainly yeah, that, exactly. that, that craig who, who came to the brew day with us i think he had the vocation they just in a belgian quad haven't they and he was having, yeah he was just having that whilst um whilst we were doing the podcast last week and said at the end of it he could he could tell that it had <laughs> it had it because of <laughs> yeah. the, the inevitable strength of it so i think that was yeah clocking in somewhere like 11 11 or something i think it was so you know it's yeah, I think I think it was somewhere around that mark. So, and it's a, obviously yeah. the location, one of the the four forty mil cans. So, you know, it wasn't a, a three thirty. Four forty. Yeah, I'm fairly certain it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah, and like what one thing I don't have as a as a brewery, which I, again I'm all right with it, perfectly fine. I don't have a distribution arm like Vocation. Obviously, they got they got into the supermarkets pretty quick. So, you know, they're mm. they're their setup is they can brew something like that and they can sell it on mass. Yeah. Um, and I don't have that. I'm quite happy with not having that. Mm. So that's where the one barrel kit comes in. Cause it's like, right, I've got 400 bottles of this or whatever. Get out of it. Like that's all you've got. Yeah. And you get, you get that from these limited places. Um, and I quite like that aspect, you know, that works for, for what our business is mm. at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it, and it's finding finding what works best, and you know, for from from your point of view, as obviously the the owner and the still active brewer, but from a point of view in terms of what what people are wanting to buy as well, isn't it? So that's the that's the balance yeah. there. Um, so the last question, I'll ask you this, which I don't know if you'll necessarily have an opinion or an answer on, but Ooh. Sabro, yes and no, and would you brew with it? The hard. I'm really sorry. Mm. I, I literally have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you would or not. 
Yeah, I've I've seen like comments about it and stuff, um, and I get the impression it's a bit like uh, what was that chalk or cheese one? That, yeah, the, the, there's another hop of a few years ago that people hated all the looks. Is it Sriracha Ace yeah. or something? Is that? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the badger. Yeah, um, it seems to be a bit like that. Mm. But yeah, I, I I generally know nothing about it at mm. all, apart from the name. Um, the name is the only thing I know about it. And I, don't, yeah. I don't know why people hate it. Mm. I, I did, like I said, I didn't know if you were, I know I said earlier that I won't blindside you with a question necessarily, but it just kind of came to but me now did. because I did. Yeah, I lied. I didn't have it planned, yeah. but then I just thought, let, whilst, whilst, I, yeah, whilst what, I've got some the... dunos, let's see what, let's let's test the waters. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, I mean the, the kind of, the the side of the argument I sit on it, I'm, I'm guessing from sort of a, a drinker's perspective, shall we say, is it, it's all down to, to the quantity and how it's used. Because, like you say, I've seen a lot of people say it's overpowering because you get like a lot of coconutty sort of pina colada flavors from it. But then, if if it's not used properly, it can kind of taste a bit sort of soapy, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So I'm guessing it is just okay. down to just the when it's added, how it's added, in, and what quantity it's added in. So so. When you say it's coconut, like are people using it in a, an IPA? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they've been. So I mean, I don't know if you've seen, but um, obviously, Cloudwater do chubbles every year, but they did subbles with it, and they've just done it as in like that sort of like a, a spin-off of 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 chubbles, and that was just a an IPA. But that's kind of you know a lot of I've seen a lot of people chucking that beer and and you know drain pouring <laughs> it and and bashing wow, it right in centre. So, and how much did that cost like mm. per can? Like that, that that's like, I I would hate as a brewer and as a business owner, I would hate people to buy my beer. And find it undrinkable. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Like, like that would destroy me. Mm. Um, I'd be devastated at that. Mm. So yeah, I, I, like I'll admit, one of the things that I probably should do a little bit more of, but you know, tight financial times and all that is is try more beers mm. and more more of the trend, um, just to see what you know is out there and what I like. Uh, so I should probably know a bit about this Sandro, mm. but. Like, I genuinely, I don't know. It's one of those things. If I knew you can ask me a question about it, I might have made a bit of effort mm. to at least read about it. Mm. But I saw it and I thought, do you know what? I don't care. Yeah. Like, it, it's a trend product, and I'm I don't do that. No, um, no I'm no. quite happy with what I'm doing, yeah. um, as you well know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and that's the thing, and <laughs> that's kind of why I just thought of if you had an opinion yeah. on it, just to kind of find out what your opinion is. But like you say, when you're not kind of you're not always trying to ride the crest of the wave constantly, then you don't have to worry about that, you know, and there's always going to be yeah. with obviously the hot breeding program that they've got like Yakima and things, there's always going to be something else at some point, isn't there, you know, and, but then, yeah, you know, and to be fair, like, like I said, innovation is great. It's amazing. Mm. But personally, I can't afford to like to buy It's part of why I'm going to be in the first place. I can't afford all these beers that are going out at like X amount mm. per can. I, like, I literally can't afford it. So, like, it was really easy for me just to say, do you know what? I'll step away because I can't afford it. So, there's no point trying to chase that mm. hype train. And, um, you know, back in the day before I did the brewery, I was spending more money on rubbish beer than I was on good beer because I was mm. trying new things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back then, Jaipur was, was the one. And to be fair, it still is. Um, and you didn't get that. Every time you you spent four quid on a bottle, do you know what I mean? Like, Japo is an exception to the rule on that one. Mm. I absolutely 
adored that. But then the amount of beers that you did have to chuck away, that's what got me into homebrew. Mm. That's why I, I did it in the first place. It was, I reckon I could give that a go. Um, yeah. And that's kind of why we won't really do those beers. But that being said, there's a beer that is going to come at some point, hopefully in the summer, um, that, you know, it is, we brewed, I think, I remember it might be in October, maybe. Um, and it's currently souring, so it's you know been sat there for a long, long time, yeah. And that is going to be a bit more that is going to be a bit more expensive, but that's because it's taken up that storage space for the time, like, yeah, 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 that time. Um, and it's going to be like nine percent, so it's obviously there's a lot of duty on that, so mm. it's going to be it's going to be by far and away the most expensive beer that I've ever done, but it's mm. not a trend beer that I'm chucking out that and then the next week I'm going to do another one the week after I'm going to do another yeah it's um it's just going to be an exceptional beer mm. yeah, yeah and I think that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier is obviously the price of entry isn't it you know in terms of if you did want to brew something like that then you know even if you're not necessarily a hundred percent happy with the end product you've got to charge that price to make sure that you're not losing any money but you know yeah. by rights when it's not what you expected and it's not the product that people are buying on on false pretenses shall we say you know, paying or charging yeah. that, you know, five, six, seven pound a can still is, you know, is is not right. And like you say, when you've spent that money, yeah. you want to make sure you're getting what you're expecting to get, you know, because there's nothing worse than buying a beer. A can of onion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, you know, and again, without kind of bashing them too much, but I've seen, you know, like Verdant, they've just moved to their, you know, their new brew kit, you know, a couple of their cans, people have said that it's gone a bit oniony or a bit cheesy or what have you, you know, and obviously that's kind of, you know, that's the danger of it there, isn't it? You know, especially when you're brewing that type yeah. of beer with, you know, the, the quantity of hops and ingredients you are. So, but you know, it's, they've, they've got to make money and that's kind of why they do it, but it's not, it's not right necessarily, but you know, when you, you know, yeah. actively it, opt not to do it, it makes sense, doesn't it? So. Yeah. And I think it, like, like I said before, the thing with those type, those styles of beer is you either hit it or you miss it. Mm. And it is hard to do. I can appreciate the, the skill in doing it completely. And to be fair, when you're charging like, for a product, like, there should be an element of the skill there. You know, you pay for good craftsmanship. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's when it when you're still charging that six quid, and realistically, you know that that beer is not not up to scratch. I don't, I don't like that. Mm. You know, a, a, every now and again, there'll be a beer that leaves off brewery that ends up not being to scratch. The problem I've got is that it's all very much a live product and it depends how long it's sat on the shelf and what, how it's kept and stuff. So mm. it might leave the brewery top notch, but then two weeks down the line, you know, it depends on the beer. Like I know I've done it with the wheat beer, uh, the Dunkelweizen especially, the something weird happened with the yeast in the bottle. So like, you know, four weeks down the line, it just went weird. Yeah. Um, and I was devastated by that. Like, as, Basically, if anyone ever commented on it, and I found that comment. I um, I got in touch with them and said, "Look, that was a one-off. Let me know, and I'll uh, replace it." But thank yeah, thankfully the support's there, and they're just like, "Don't worry about it." Like they appreciate what what the product is, which is a live product. But you know, these bigger boys, they they've got the they've got the money behind them, and they're charging the, the premium for it, so they should know a bit better, really. Mm. Yeah, and like you say, to, to actively kind of approach people to, you know, to kind of make amends for it, really, I suppose, is obviously kind of the, the touching yeah. side of it. And obviously, 
again, you know, the, the kind of the sad thing is, you know, the bigger the sort of the other breweries get, you know, they might kind of lose that element to them in terms of losing touch with the customers, you know. So the fact that you can yeah you can still do that and still, you know, find end users and customers that may have not got the best experience to kind of put it right, you know, that's kind of again kind of, you know, the the the, the thing behind craft breweries is that, you know, for the most part a lot of them are active and take feedback and criticism on board. Or if it's not right, they try yeah. and put it right. Yeah. You know, or at least acknowledge that it's not right, you know, and that's, you know, for for those that don't do it or the bigger the companies that don't do it, you know, they can afford not to because it doesn't matter if one or two people don't buy the beers anymore, does it? So, no, and I think it that again, it's one thing that I worry about. Um, you know, if if the brewery carries on growing, I worry about that that's going to slip. Um, and it doesn't necessarily keep me up at night because, yeah, I'm not at that stage by any stretch, (laughs) but I, I. I genuinely do worry about how I'm going to manage that. Um, And, you know, the the more we grow, the more that's going to come to the forefront of my mind of how I deal with that. Um, But for the time being, yeah, I I hope I can manage it. So everybody that buys one of my beers um, is happy. And if they're not, then I can, I can make them happy somehow. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, it's kind of, it's the kind of the situation that we're in now, isn't it? You know, in terms of you can kind of want to cross that bridge when you come to it and, and, Hopefully, yeah. it doesn't. It happens fewer times, and you know you need to necessarily worry about. You know, it's just going to be a couple of occasions here and there, which I suppose, in some ways, is inevitable. But it's not, you know, yeah, damaging, and it's you not fixable. Cannot. Yeah, you literally cannot please everybody. Mm. I no, mean, I know. Like I talk, we talk about the haze craze. Like my beers, I don't use finings, so they're, they're never crystal clear. Mm. I can get them pretty damn clear, but they're never crystal clear. Um, and the amount of times people complain about the cloudiness. I just say, well, I don't use fish guts. Like, I'm all right with that. Yeah. If you don't like that, that's that, that's fine. Don't buy the product. That's like, I'm okay with you not buying the product. I'm not going to take offence to you not buying mm. it. But I'm also not going to put fish guts yeah, in my bin. Change it. Yeah, and that's the thing is that yeah. I was listening to um, a podcast recently. I can't remember which one it was now. And they were they were talking about this in terms of what findings were, and neither of them actually knew what they were. You know, they kind of looked it up, and it's you know, it's it's that education, I suppose, isn't it? Of you know, people. Yeah you know, if they're drinking sort of big beer, won't necessarily know what goes into beer to make it to that point. But obviously drinking these smaller batch of people and speaking to people who actually make it, it's, it's that education, I suppose, isn't it? But, you know, to me, you know, from drinking stuff that's like, you know, juicy and hazy and then, you know, like you like say, tea pale and stuff, it doesn't have to be crystal clear for me, you know, in terms of, but yeah. I know it is important to some people in terms of, you know, certainly when my granddad, when he's still around, you know, when he, when you showed him what beers that we drank, that's not beer. That's not beer. Yeah. Beer not like that. And if a beer, if if there's a brewer's making a beer like that, is not a good brewer because a good brewer should be able to make a, a beer crystal clear. And it's like that, you know. But you know, people are like that, so you can kind of yeah. So some are yeah. Mm. Um, it, it, it's not. Well, I don't know. The aesthetics are important to any product, but mm. um, I, I'm not willing to pay more money to make my product purely look better mm. or better better in in for commas like to look clear mm. right? I'm not going to do that yeah. I'd rather spend the money on the rest of the product yeah um, and if it's slightly hazy I'm not bothered yeah um, and it, it's worked so far yeah and like you say like even if you did you'd, you'd upset somebody somewhere along the line you, you know there's always going to yeah. be someone somewhere that isn't happy and, and you you know it's the same in every walk of life you, you can't you can't please everybody but as long as you're pleasing the majority of people that's you know that's yeah. the that's the goal, isn't it? You know, like you say, you're going to get a couple that that fall by the wayside that you can't please. But you know, 
so be it. You know, for the most part, if people are enjoying it, that, that's all you can ask for. So, absolutely. So, so yeah, so that kind of brings us to the to the end of um, of everything, really. You know, I think we've we can go in for the for end of everything. Of, yeah, the the end of everything. <laughs> that's it. The end of lockdown. Yeah, that's it. Go be free. Yeah, be free. <laughs> Yeah. Free. yeah. Um so yeah, but um but thank you, Mark, for, for joining and uh, and having a chat. It's it's been good to to have a, a natter and then obviously see that you're doing as well as can be in obviously what are quite challenging times and hopefully once once this is lifted we can come over to, to one of your open days and whatever capacity that, that may be at some point in the future. And <laughs> yeah. then uh, and interesting. Yeah, even further down the line, re rebrew the uh the wedding beer as well so uh, so i'm looking looking forward to that as well um yeah sir. so in terms of where people can can find you online and where people can if they're in the in the local area to you and and whatnot where can they look to to pick up your your beers from um there's a few places like the the obvious one is obviously my my social medias promote um my web shop that i've established during the covid stuff um so that's that's a good place to get it um like i said before i I like to still support all the trade customers that have stocked me from the start so they're still getting their stock as well so you've got people like once upon a vine in horseford hop shack in horseford um pookies again in horseford the meanwood guys they're they're very big supporters of me um so they're they're stocking me they're doing like next day delivery anywhere in Leeds which is a great deal I think mm. for the consumer curious hopping not they you know there's, there's quite a few and whilst I still support my web shop um, on the socials every now and again I'm still posting where where's stocking the beers as well because um, I think it's important to to try and help everybody along on it yeah. so def- my socials are the best place to be fair which is also Brewery, it's Googleable, it's on Facebook and Twitter as at Horseford Brewer and Instagram is at Horseford underscore Brewery. Um, I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> That's the one thing you're missing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've been training for a dance routine in the brewery, but yeah, mm. I don't I think it's going to work, if I'm honest. Yeah. You, could, you could make <laughs> one for Ernie, maybe he could be the TikTok sensation. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but like... like yeah, I don't know the Mario Kart one. You need two dogs for that. Yeah, <laughs> lockdown. I can't get the one. So. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe when lockdown's over, he can is he can have his moment. He can have his yeah. time to shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if TikTok would be good for my business, but we'll, we'll we could find out. There's one way to find out, isn't there? I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you do it. Yeah, cool, lovely stuff. Um, for me, for anyone who wants to catch me, if they're not already following me, um, I am points underscore of underscore brew on instagram and twitter um i've just recently started a facebook page under the same name as well which i'm not as active on but i'm kind of linking my instagram to that so there should be more on there if people are, are not on the instagram network um if anyone has any comments feedback suggestions anything at all by all means feel free to send me a message on any of my social media channels um or, or likewise send me an email at points of brew at gmail.com uh, apart from that uh, thanks Mark thanks again for joining um, it's been a pleasure thank you for having us no yeah. no problem at all first podcast as well which uh, I'm, I might be doing another one soon as well but yeah this is my first podcast there so. you go testing the Quite waters cool. yeah yeah yeah. so yeah ha- happy to uh, have uh, broke your, your podcast virginity in, in one way anyway so you know, it's the start of a, a glistening career that's what it is <laughs>
Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a radio career as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but that's it. Wonderful stuff. Thank you very much. And uh, that's that's all us for now. <laughs>